I think what we're seeing is a global revolt and a revulsion against people like Linda Rothschild, uh, Mark Carney, uh, Macron tried to lecture the, the Africans and, and they said, look, don't come peddling your transgender crap to us and tell us that's democracy. Uh, the foreign minister of South Africa told Tony Blinken, don't come here and lecture us about your democracy when you are imprisoning Julian Assange. So much of the world is waking up to this, and that's why there's a de-dollarization. Hey friends, welcome back. That was the one and only Harley Schlanger. And get this, the world's richest family is talking about inclusive capitalism. You know what I think that means? That means a digital ID and a central bank digital currency for you and what little capital you have left will go to them. That's about as inclusive as it gets for the Rothschilds. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in. It's wonderful to have you all back. It's Sean from sgtreport.com here, thephaser.com and thelibertymill.com with the real news, all the real news that the Mockingbird horror media obfuscate and cover up. They don't want you to know the truth. That's why we're here to bring you the news about Rothschild. That's her right there, Linda Rothschild, and her move towards inclusive capitalism. You can't make this stuff up. The world's richest people calling for inclusive capitalism. Rothschild wants a merger between corporations, governments, and AI to save capitalism. I'll play a clip here in just one second from Mark Carney, the COP26 financial advisor to the prime minister and UN special envoy for climate change. But before we do that, let's welcome our guest, the one, the only, Harley Schlanger. Welcome back. How are you, Harley? Hi, Sean. Kind of disturbing to see the Rothschild face first thing out of the box. <laughs> it is disturbing indeed. Let's scroll back down and see that witch. I don't care for her very much. I have to tell you, she was best buddies, you'll recall, with Hillary Clinton when Hillary was running against Trump. I mean, the emails are there. So the Rothschilds back the Clintons and the Bushes, I would say, by the way, because they're all part of the same cabal. But the idea is simple. Bring the majority of corporations into line with the far left political order. Once this is done, they will force those companies to use their platforms to indoctrinate the masses. Harley, just like we're seeing from the likes of Target and Bud Light and the North Face and all of the corporations that have already gone woke. They just want more of the same. And Linda Rothschild, she really cares about us. I guess in her view, <laughs> capitalism has left us behind, Harley. What say you? Well, I, I would say she's much more an advocate of feudalism. But I, I think this idea that now there will be a merger of corporations with government, that uh, horse is out of the barn a long time ago. This, is, this happened in the 20s. This was the whole trusts that were involved in building up the Nazis for World War II. Uh, this is not new. It was called corporatism back then. Then it was called fascism. Now they've come up with public-private partnership and all kinds of fancy terms. But the whole kit and caboodle, Mark Carney, you know, his position previously was head of the Bank of England. So you have this, this cabal, which is committed to a restructuring that's already largely out of the box. And now maybe they're trying to sell it to make it seem as though they're doing something to help people. But why do you think we have someone like Biden in there? Why do you think we have the military industrial complex dictating one war after another? That's the corporate control over government. And people who are afraid of big government are, are actually 
misallocating the problem. The problem is that government has been completely swallowed up by these globalist corporations and these cartels. And what we actually need is a government that's muscular because the people are behind it and the people are using the government to fight against this fascism. Fascism is the right word. And Linda Rothschild wants more corporate government partnerships, which is the very definition of fascism. And I'll do a screen share. I'm really curious to hear it from the witch's mouth herself here in just one second, but I do have queued up a clip from this propaganda piece. This is Mark Kearney. Let's see what he has to say about inclusive capitalism. By the way, the Vatican is in on this too. At the beginning of this video is a bunch of stuff showing the Vatican, the Pope. They're all in on it. Here's Mark Kearney. Starting from where we are to where we need to get to, we need to bring everyone along and there will be adjustments that come with that. We do need the private sector's ingenuity, capital, technology, people, everything, their passion to come to the party. We want to operate in a sustainable way where incentives are aligned across generations, not just across quarters, and the main actors take a long-term perspective. Aligning our innovation with the UN's sustainable development goals and the priorities of inclusive capitalism. Oh, my God. So did you guys catch that? You've got, what, the CEO of MasterCard, the executive chairman of DuPont. I mean, do you know the crimes of the DuPont family, guys, and the DuPont heir? I'm not even going to get into it on this conversation. This is all United Nations, absolute total tyranny, top-down tyranny, Harley. Well, what I met Lyndon LaRouche in 1972, and he was warning at that time that this idea of a world government, which is being pushed by the world federalists, pushed by especially uh, the Fabian Society out of London, Sidney Hook, people who were once neoliberals, then they became neoconservatives, then they merged neoliberals and neoconservatives, because they don't care what the ideology is. What they're concerned about is maximizing the control. In some cases, they're not even concerned about the profits, as long as they control the game. And that's, you know, if you look at what's going on with the idea of central bank digital currencies, uh, I know people are, are very frightened about that, but it's already in place. And the, the fight has to be to bring down these corporate cartels because they're going to continue with one scam or another. Now, Mark Carney, it's interesting to have him in there because Carney is not only a leading green, but he was one of the people who was originally involved with then Prince Charles and Klaus Schwab in pushing the Great Reset. At that time, at the beginning, when they first started talking about the Great Reset, what they were talking about is replacing government's ability to make budgets. They, they basically said, well, the central banks can control credit and currency, but they don't control spending. So we need to have technical teams assigned by the global corporations to override the decisions of parliaments and congresses. That's what the Great Reset was. Put in the hands of these private technocrats the ability to protect what some people call the unipolar order or the rules-based order or the sole superpower. You know, the sole superpower isn't the United States, as some Americans have been led to believe. It's these corporate cartels that operate over and above sovereign nations. You want an example of that? Look at the European Union. And Carney works very closely with Christine Lagarde, who's the head of the European Central Bank, uh, works very closely with Ursula von der Leyen, who is the head of the European Commission. Uh, she comes from an aristocratic family. 
all of these people are either part of an oligarchy like von der Leyen or like Mark Carney sold his soul to these corporate elite, these cartels uh, a long time ago. And they may talk about trying to democratize and fight against authoritarianism. They're the most authoritarian people in the world because the rules-based order basically says nations must do as they say. And if they don't, they'll be overthrown. And if you don't believe that, look at what happened to Gaddafi when he was breaking with them. Look at what happened to Saddam Hussein. And look what they're trying to do to Putin and Xi Jinping because they're moving for a de-dollarized system outside of the control of the uh, collapsing U.S. dollar. Can't disagree with a single thing you've said. And by the way, speaking of aristocratic families, do y'all realize that Nikki Hilton, yes, Paris's sister, heir to the Hilton Hotel's fortune, married a Rothschild? She married James Rothschild and now goes by Nikolai Olivia Rothschild. So I find it really entertaining, if not completely insulting, Harley, to watch CNBC roll out the red carpet for Linda Rothschild to speak about how an AI summit can reset capitalism. One of the world's richest families. You're about to hear from one of the world's richest women parroting her desire to reset capitalism. More inclusive. Joining us right now is Lady Rothschild. She's the uh, Council for Inclusive Capitalism founder and CEO. And good morning to you. Um, Tell us about this op-ed and tell us how you think AI can make capitalism, if you will, more inclusive. What are you arguing? Thanks for having me, Andrew, and greetings. Greetings from London. Um, first of all, it's a great achievement of the British government to convene global leaders from the G7 and China, as well as the biggest technology companies in the world and the best universities in the world thinking about AI. So this is a great achievement. Um, it is a first. I am sure it will not be the last. I am sure the United States and the United Kingdom will work together on AI. But stated <laughs> its purpose for this meeting as AI safety. And I say that that purpose is way too small. Because AI is going to change everything for good and for ill, I say, why aren't we asking how can AI address the structural deficiencies in our economic system? Harley, I guess we don't have to watch much more of that. So she's the head of the Council for Inclusive Capitalism. Would you care to even venture a guess as to what that woman's worth? Let's just start there. Inclusive capitalism? I mean, they own the central bank printing presses all over the world. What in the heck is she talking about? Well, by inclusive capitalism, I assume she means that she wants to include all of capitalism in her personal bank account. <laughs> you note that she's introduced as Lady Linda Rothschild, uh, that she mentioned the importance of the British government taking leadership in this. You know, you look, the, the fingerprints of the royal family, the House of Lords, all of them are on this plan. And this is also the grouping that launched the so-called Green Revolution that's now deindustrializing the United States and, and Western Europe. Here in Germany, where I live, it was just announced today that Germany is going to be in a recession through all of next year. Negative growth for two years. The driver, the one-time driver of the European economy, who, whose ingenuity and in, in auto and, and machine tool technology, engineering and so on, has been thrown out the window. How is that part of an inclusive capitalism? 
Well, you know, virtually everything she's saying is a fraud that was probably written by some artificial intelligence machine. That's how these guys operate. They don't have original ideas. If they actually told you what they think, no one would listen to them. Because what they think is that most of the world are a bunch of stupid idiots who will buy into something if you use the latest gadget, the latest gizmo, the artificial intelligence. Somehow this will make you more smart and more capable while they're picking your pocket while you're, you're looking at this new gadget. So, you know, I, I, I'm sure she's worth billions, if not tens of billions. Uh, most of what's gone on with the so-called Great Reset has been a, the most radical transfer of wealth in world history from the middle class to the super wealthy. And the middle class is being pushed downward. The productive jobs, the physical economy, which used to be the basis of people escaping poverty and working class, uh, is gone. And what we're seeing, the hope, by the way, is that people in the global south and the countries that provide the raw materials to the exploiters of the Lady de Rothschild and others, the global south is saying, look, we've had it. We don't want this Green New Deal. We don't want the digital currencies, except if we can use them to get outside of the dollar system. That's one of the ways it's being sold. But I think what we're seeing is a global revolt and a revulsion against people like Linda Rothschild, uh, Mark Carney, uh, uh, Macron tried to lecture the, the Africans and, and they said, look, don't come peddling your transgender crap to us and tell us that's democracy. Uh, the foreign minister of South Africa told Tony Blinken, don't come here and lecture us about your democracy when you are imprisoning Julian Assange. So much of the world is waking up to this. And that's why there's a de-dollarization. The people who haven't woken up to it are the middle-sized companies and, and people in the United States who still have a little bit of money who think that somehow they can attach themselves to this new approach and make some money. But the majority of people in the United States not only are losing, but they know they're losing. You know, look at the approval ratings for Biden. Look at the, the number of people who think the country is going in the wrong direction. It's 70 something percent. It's never been that high. So they're trying to sell something with a very slick PR campaign that if people actually stop a minute and think about it, as you're pointing out, Sean, what's the irony of a billionaire never worked a day in her life, doesn't have a, a single original idea telling you what's good for you? Most people in the United States don't like that but they tolerate it. And if they looked and saw what was happening in South Africa, look at what happened in Niger, one of the poorest countries in the world, just kicked the French imperialists out of their country. This is happening everywhere. And, and I think the comeuppance for the United States is that we tried to destabilize Russia and knock out Putin. And instead, it's going to knock out the governments of Europe and probably Joe Biden as well with this completely insane Ukraine gambit. Do you know what? Uh, in a minute, I want to play a clip. Remind me, I hope we can get to this, a clip okay. from President Bukele in uh, El Salvador. Because the reason I bring that up is because I think part of this global revolt you referenced is the move to Bitcoin, the move into Bitcoin and a money system which cannot be debased. 
And that's doing wonders for El Salvador. We'll see how long that story plays out without interference from people like the Rothschilds. But uh, we must resist UN digital ID because part of my thinking here, Harley, is that inclusive capitalism, as it pertains to the Rothschilds, would be a universal global digital ID, right? So everybody can have access to capitalism, but you'll all be tracked and traced. And Dr. Michael Yeadon, the former executive at Pfizer, has a little something to say about that. Listen to this. If we continue, we're going to end up, all of us, carrying digital ID. Now, you might think digital ID is no big deal, don't you have digital passports? But no, there's something coming, and it's definitely coming, um, that's different. So first, your passport, there's 190 different formats in the world. There isn't one format. What is coming now globally is a single format digital ID. Second, it will be what's called interoperable. When, you, when your ID pings the system, not only can it make a decision as to whether to allow you to enter a door or buy a product, but it can make a mark on that digital ID and edit it. That's not true of any ID at the moment. That's called interoperability, global format. And here's the worst part. It contains all of you, your health data, your unique ID data, your financial data, your driving history, where you live, what you've bought. That is what is coming down the pipe for us. If you don't believe me, then uh, I'm just going to paint a picture as to why it's the last important decision free humans are ever going to make. All right, I'll pause it there. We'll let Harley paint the picture because in addition to digital ID, Harley, track and tracing every human activity on planet Earth in the internet of all things is a central bank digital currency. They're going to tie the two together if we the people fall for this. If we allow this, they're going to tie the two together. And if they don't like your politics, well, guess what? You don't get to take part in their system, the B system anymore. And I don't want any part of their B system, but we need to warn humanity. This is coming. And in fact, haven't they already or aren't they about to roll out digital ID in the Eurozone? Well, that's been put on hold briefly because of the growing revulsion and, and revolt against the European Union in general. But let me just add something to what he said. I don't think this is something that's coming in the future. Much of this is already in place. And when people talk about a social credit system in China, they don't realize we have the same thing here. If you're a small businessman who's run a productive business, it's made a profit and, and done pretty well, you may be turned down for a loan if you go in at, uh, to your local banker, because the banks are already functioning on this basis of social credit. And the best way to realize this is you look at the drop in loans that have been made to small and middle-sized corporations, mom and pop businesses and so on, and the productive sector that is in machine tools and things of that sort, which is not completely integrated into the largest corporations, they're all starved for credit. And where's credit going? It's going to the largest banks. This is what the central banking system is doing, giving credit to the largest banks to bail out their most bankrupt customers who are sitting on top of a huge debt, just like the US government. The, the debt problem that people recognize, the 33 trillion for the US government, it's almost as large a total debt in private sector and corporate debt. And so we're, we're, what's the point of the debt bubble? Well, everyone is dependent on what the central bankers do. And even if they don't fully implement this digital ID and some of these other things, 
They already have the power and the control. What they don't have is the control over some of the countries in the world, which are saying, we're not going to go along with this. That's why the United States is funding the Ukraine proxy war against Russia to try and knock out Putin and the Russians. You know, I, I know very well the chief uh, economic advisor, or one of the chief economic advisors to Putin named Sergei Glaziev. Uh, he has said repeatedly that Lyndon LaRouche is the greatest economist he knows. That's Putin's leading advisor on e economics. Why do you think the sanctions didn't work in Russia? Because of people like Glaziev, who believe in the old principles of the American system, cheap credit for physical production, for research and development, for innovation. And Putin just gave a speech the other day that, that I, I wish Americans could read this, he said, where does freedom come from? It comes from individual creativity and will. As long as the government defends the right of people to be creative, which means no censorship, which means no top-down control, then a nation will advance. But when you lose that, you become uh, like Germany, a nation that's sub subject to another country's control. So I think a lot of what uh, the, the person you just had on there talking about is already in place and we just don't know it. And the key point here is if the global South nations, that is the ones that produce the oil, uh, you know, the, the BRICS, the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa just expanded. Who do they bring in? Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates and Iran, uh, as well as Egypt. Uh, the first three are the, among the largest oil producers in the world. They're moving to bring in Nigeria and, and other countries that produce much of the raw materials and the, the uh, special metals that are needed in, in uh, business. It's being consolidated out of the control of the dollar, which has been weaponized against them. And so who's stuck in the dollar system? The United States and Europe. And that's why the U.S. and the Europe continue to support these crazy wars. Uh, they're they're going to target China. There's no question that they're building up for something against China over Taiwan. So the irony here, Sean, is that the American people are the toughest nut to crack for these guys because Americans believe in freedom. Americans may be somewhat blocked and, and, and inactive and passive right now, but if you push them hard enough, they'll fight, they'll rebel. We saw that in 2016. So the, who are the best allies for the United States right now? Ironically, countries like Brazil, Russia, China, India, countries that are saying, we don't want your stinking system. And even though in some cases they're using digital currencies, what are they using them for? They're using them to replace the dollar. And more importantly, they're using local and national currencies for trade. So the Americans have to get in on this battle against the globalist elites. And don't think this is somewhere 10, 15 years from now. When they first rolled out the Great Reset uh, at the Davos meeting in about 2020, I think it was, with uh, Klaus Schwab, Prince Charles, uh, Mark Carney, when they first laid it out, they thought it was a done deal. And when they found out that Russia and China weren't supporting it, and that much of the global South wasn't going to go along, that's when they decided they have to, to move ahead with a war in Ukraine against Russia. So all is not lost, but the American people have to find their fighting spirit 
and find out who our real allies are and who the enemies are. And it's very important when you show something like Lady Rothschild, uh, not because she's a Rothschild, but because she's one of these oligarchs. You know, she sits in the House of Lords. The House of Lords was the leading agency behind Russiagate to target both Putin and Trump. And they're preparing the same thing for the 2024 election. They're already saying that the Russians are about to try and fix the U.S. election again. And when Putin was asked about that, he said, I don't know why they think I have so much power. <laughs> well, that's that's the fight. And if the Americans realize we do have potential allies, doesn't mean they agree with us on everything. Doesn't mean that, that uh, there aren't some things that we wouldn't want to change about China or Russia. But the Chinese and the Russians want to change the United States. You know, Putin in his talk the other day to the All-Russian People's Congress said, look what passes for science now in the West, the transgender issue. What the hell does that have to do with science? And he said, we believe science is the, the way that you improve the conditions of mankind through increasing the productivity of labor through technology, not funny business like AI. And that's, I think, the, the lesson that we can learn from looking at what's being pushed by people like Mark Carney and Linda Rothschild. Amen. I want to show you one thing, just as an aside, before I cue up the last soundbite. Uh, if you can see the image behind this, this is my thumbnail for my latest interview with Dustin Nemos. But if you can see this image behind, did you happen to see this news item, Harley? Uh, I, I, I must Putin, have missed it. Putin was given a presentation. Uh, he's shown these images and the heat image you see here, you can't really make this out. I wasn't prepared to show you guys this, but uh, this is the heat image of Google AI tearing apart this Apollo image of a man standing on the moon and Google AI says it's a faked image. So Putin's getting a presentation about that. And I find it just hilarious because all their lies are spilling out. Are you seeing that? I'm going to sure. play one last soundbite in a second, but all their lies are coming out, Harley. People are starting to recognize all their lies and the propaganda isn't working anymore. Well, look at what we're told about Ukraine, that Ukraine was winning, that Russia was unprovoked, that the if we just give them enough money, everything will work out. Now we're seeing a rebellion in the, in the Congress, especially among Republicans, not necessarily for good reasons, but because they, the US is so far in debt but the question is not that we're going broke, it's that we're going broke doing bad things. You know, if you create credit to do things that are good and useful, then that's, that's one thing, for example, in World War II. But when you produce credit to give a gang of corrupt thieves like the Zelensky government a blank check, and then you give them our weapons and you find out that we no longer have 155 millimeter shells, uh, you know, it, it's so hilarious here in Germany because the Germans just discovered that Germany has a deficit. And the deficit right now is 6 billion euros. And they tried to change the constitution to allow a deficit because they, they have, it's complicated, but they're, they're not allowed to manipulate figures to make it look better than it is. So the problem is the Schultz government has just committed 8 billion more euros to Ukraine, which is about $8,400, uh, 8,484 billion, I'm sorry, $8.4 billion more. But they're closing down schools in Germany. The trains, which used to be so marvelous, don't run on time anymore. 
They derail all the time. They're getting to be like American trains. So we're seeing the total collapse of the Western economic system, but money still goes into war and into bailouts. And so the, the real focus has to be, how do you defeat the power of these oligarchs? And the most effective way is to pursue this policy of de-dollarization. It's not being done because they hate Americans in America. It's they hate the corporate leaders that chose, choose people like Biden and, and Schumer and McConnell to be our, our representatives. And they want, and I know this from talking to people, I, I do a lot of interviews now in Africa and in the Middle East. They just say, what happened to your country? We used to look up to your leaders, people like Kennedy, even Eisenhower is admired in places like Egypt. And they, they look at Biden and they say, how can the most powerful country in the world have someone who can't even zip up his pants? <laughs> so, you know, we've got to win back our country. And it starts by understanding who's the enemy, and what policies can take away their power. And the, the move toward a, an alternative financial system, not the globalization system of Klaus Schwab, but a sovereign nation, which works in conjunction with other sovereign nations on projects for mutual benefit. That's how you overcome and take money out of the pocket of these, these pirates and looters. Well, that's right. And uh, you mentioned the need for Americans to find their fighting spirit. I want to show you an example of the fighting spirit. And I'm not saying Bitcoin can fix the world, but I'm saying Bitcoin can solve a lot of problems, at least for a little country like El Salvador, which in 2021 made Bitcoin legal tender. President Bukele just read the Riot Act to every official in his government. I'm going to play this and I want to tell you, just sort of recap this for you. I think this is so interesting. And I tweeted, President Bukele just may be the baddest badass on earth. So he sat these people down and for 20 minutes, he told them about integrity and about life and about the fact that his biggest fear is not death, because in 100 years, he makes the point to all of these people, we'll all be gone. What scares him is leaving a legacy that's a bad legacy, a legacy of corruption, a legacy of criminality. That's what keeps him up at night. And he wants to make El Salvador great again. So just wait for the attacks to come from the mainstream media. He's telling every single one of these members of his government that they will be looked into by the attorney general. Not him, not President Bukele, but the attorney general is going to look into every single one of these people to see if there's evidence of corruption because they will not stand for it any longer in El Salvador. And El Salvador now recognizes Bitcoin as legal tender. You know who just moved to El Salvador with his wife? Max Kaiser, one of the biggest profitizers of Bitcoin in the world, along with Michael Saylor, who hasn't moved to El Salvador yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. The point being that Max Kaiser has put his money where his mouth is, and he's moved to El Salvador, which is becoming great again because of a good president. Now, wouldn't it be refreshing for Donald J. Trump to regain the White House and sit down with every member of his government just like that and let them know that they're all going to be investigated for corruption? Because there is no immunity, Bukele says, where corruption is found. That would be a great way to make America great again, Harley. Well, that would be how you drain the swamp. And I think, look at the converse of that. Supposedly, the anti-corruption policy of Zelensky, which we know is a fraud because of the way they covered up for the whole Burisma case and fired the prosecutor who was looking into the Hunter Biden question. 
So on, on the one side, you have the so-called anti-corruption of the corrupt individuals. On the other side, you have people who really are serious about returning power to the people. And I bring this up again because I mentioned earlier what the Great Reset was originally about. It was about having the spending policies of government taken out of the hands of elected representatives. Now, look, we can complain all we want about bad representatives, but ultimately, every two years, you can clean out the House of Representatives. We haven't done that. And some people say, what about term limits? How about just sensible voters who take responsibility? But the point is that we have that power as long as the people are the ones dictating policy. What they fear about Trump, and they talk about him being uh, inconsistent and uh, changing positions. And you know, my personal view is if someone changes a position, maybe they realize they were wrong about something. I'd rather have someone change what they're doing, especially it's like a corporation. If a corporation is going bankrupt and keeps doing the same thing, well, what's going to happen? It's eventually going to crash and, and lose everybody's money. A bankruptcy reorganization is a refreshing approach. And that's what we need in the United States. And it means we need to, to re-regulate banking, take it away from the uh, largest banks in the country that control the Federal Reserve. Same thing in Europe, the European Central Bank, the Bank of England, the Bank of Switzerland. These are all corrupt institutions that represent the, the most wealthy interests typified by Lady Linda Rothschild. So, you know, I, I'm pretty optimistic these days, Sean, because I, I can see the system collapsing. And whatever they're trying to push is not gaining support. In fact, it's getting more and more people on the edge of their chair saying, maybe I should get off my rear end and do something. I think you're right. Look, yeah. hey, here's the thing. Their con game is based on confidence. And nobody has confidence in the system anymore. We don't have confidence in our systems of government. We don't have confidence in the FBI, the CIA, yeah. the FDA, certainly, which approved a bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine and pushed it on our children. Um, and I think Bitcoin is an interesting story because Bitcoin versus Rothschild's inclusive capitalism is the story of not bailing out any more banks. See, I think Rothschild's inclusive capitalism is like what we saw in 2008, 2009. Yeah. Their banks fail and we, the people, have to bail them out. That's but, about Sean, as inclusive. That, that, that's about as inclusive as their capitalism gets. That's a very important point, because the other part of this when people say, well, at least we control our money now if we don't have a digital currency, you don't control it. There's something that was written into the Dodd-Frank law after 2008, after the collapse and the thievery, called bail-ins. That's now the law of the land. The money you think is your money in your bank can be taken by that bank at any time that they need it. And so, you know, we're, we're dealing with a situation where there's a house of cards that's collapsing. They're going to grab anything they can that, that's real. And that's the, the final point I want to make about the BRICS and about what the Russians are doing. The, the Russians in particular, Putin in particular, and I, I'd urge people, just find a speech or two of his on the uh, internet and read it and see if he, you really think he's crazy or if he's on to something. What Putin is saying is, we're not going to back our currency with printing presses. We're going to back it with produced goods with raw materials, with oil, with grain, with fertilizer, with gold. And that's what we're seeing with the move away from the dollar. 
is countries that are refusing to take the promise of the so-called Federal Reserve notes and want something real behind the money that that's being taken from them. They don't want it taken from them. They want it invested in their countries. And so that's the revolution that's occurring. Physical production versus printing presses versus paper economy. What, what Bitcoin has as a, as a possible benefit is that it removes it from the centralization of the private banks. I'm still not completely sold on it as a, a solution in itself, but I think the, the fact that people are looking at Bitcoin shows that they know full well that you can't trust the so-called money produced by the Western governments. Couldn't agree more. And the thing about Bitcoin, and I've come full circle on Bitcoin. I used to despise it. I used to think it was a CIA op. But if you do the work, if you put in the hours, if you really understand it, you realize that the magic of Bitcoin is that it allows you to take your wealth wherever you want or send it in a flash for no cost at all, for virtually no cost at all. And there will only ever be 21 million of them. So the stinking government can't create them out of thin air to fund wars that the people don't want. So I think it's an interesting story. We'll continue to follow it. And I could not more highly recommend people go watch this presentation. This was nationally broadcast on radio and television to the people of El Salvador. As Bukele tells every single person in his government that the AG will be looking into you to see if you've committed crimes against El Salvador, to see if you are criminal. Can you even imagine Trump sitting down and doing that? Boy, it sure would be nice to see somebody investigate the crimes of Joe Biden, Harley. <laughs> I'll give you the last word as we say goodbye. Well, I mean, the crimes of Joe Biden are mostly out in the open, and they're just not allowing the Congress to, to pull the string. Or, or maybe we just know the tip of the iceberg. But I, I think the question then is, will the American people finally decide enough is enough? We're not going to allow these so-called self-appointed elites who think they're better than us. They think they're smarter than us. And if we submit to them, maybe they are. But if you look at what's happening in some of the poorest countries of Africa, where they're kicking the European colonial masters out, a real anti-colonial revolt is underway. We need that who is the original anti-colonial revolt in the world? The American Revolution against the British elites. And I think this question of the House of Lords and the, the Lords and Ladies of London making policy, uh, this is who Biden listens to. This is who Obama, you know, remember Obama uh, just quelling over the Queen of England. You know, these are people who take their marching orders from London, from MI6, and that's what Russiagate was all about. That's who orchestrated it. So let's get our country back. I, I'd urge people to, to find my daily update. And it's hard to find these days, Sean. You know, last time we talked, I was getting about 20,000 views a day. Uh, in the last week, largely because of developments around Ukraine and Israel, I'm getting about 2,000 views a day. They're, they're hiding it. They're making it impossible to find. But if you want to see what I say every day, five days a week, you can get it from the LaRoucheOrganization.com, L-A-R-O-U-C-H Organization.com, and go on programs, click on programs, and it'll say Harley's Daily Update. And that's one place you can go. Uh, you can look on our website in general, but, and if people have specific questions for me, I'm always open to your, your viewers 
You can send them to me at harleysch at gmail.com. That's H-A-R-L-E-Y-S-C-H at gmail. And if you put that on the uh, link there, Sean, that would be very helpful. Happy to do so, Harley. Always happy to do so. And always happy to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for your lucid commentary and your truth, right? Because your truth is the real truth, nothing but the truth. Whereas from CNN, people like Anderson Cooper, they pay him $12 billion a year to gaslight the American people, Harley. That's why we love having you on. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Sean. See you again soon. All right. God bless. All right, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll remind you every single day for free. Join us for free to get the antidote to those Anderson Cooper talking points, the Mockingbird Mainstream Media Lies. You won't find Mockingbird Mainstream Media Lies at sgtreport.com. You'll find the antidote to corporate propaganda. God bless you and yours, friends. Bye-bye. But then they say we have experts. Your experts traffic children. They've been arrested, in fact, many of these so-called experts who allegedly debunked Pizzagate. Many of them have been arrested, but many of them worked at major media outlets and took credit for and were credited uh, for debunking, allegedly, Pizzagate. And they, they move through the ranks by how much evil they're willing to do, how many things that they're willing to, to do that God considers an abomination, especially 